Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, CAB Incorporated presents Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Now, here's your host, Amanda Pierch. And good morning. Welcome back to Celebrating Powerhouse Women here on Business Radio X. This series salutes and recognizes women who are making an impact in our community. As you know, this show is presented by CAB Incorporated, and since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precisioned and machine iron steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. It is also brought to you in part by Cat Rangers and McCarthy Building Companies. Today I am joined by a mover and shaker herself. I am joined by Lisa Winton of Winton Machine. She is the CEO of this um, large facility here in Gwinnett County, and she's going to give us a little synopsis about Winton Machine really quickly. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. So um, Winton Machine is, um, we build machinery. We build industrial factory automation is the easiest way to, to put it. And so um, excited to be on a show sponsored by CAB, a fellow manufacturer in Gwinnett County. And also a woman. Yes, and a also woman a woman. manufacturer. Um, give us a little uh, idea or peek into some of the things that you guys do really quickly just to educate the audience. I know that you do stuff with electronics, agriculture, automotive, aerospace, defense, medical. Just give me an example of a project maybe or something that okay, you're working Okay, so the on. easiest way for me to explain to somebody is you think of products and how are they made. So if you look at your refrigerator, at the back of your refrigerator is a copper serpentine coil used for heat transfer. So we build machines that enable that manufacturer of that refrigerator to make those parts for their product. So if you look around and you think about light fixtures, you think about handrails, you think about when you're on an airplane or you're in a hospital and the hospital bed, um, the IV post, anything that has bent metal tubing. So we build factory automation, we build machines that enable our customers to make parts for their products. Wow. Thank you for that very digestible explanation. Yeah, I was picturing all of those components as you were mentioning them. I was like picturing the back of my refrigerator because I do clean back there sometimes. So you will go back there and look at that. And, and I am see. sure everywhere you go now, you're going to be looking for metal tubing. And I'll think of you. Yes. All right. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. I'd like to dive right in. You and I were chatting a little bit before the show, and you're sharing some fun and exciting things about yourself. Um, but much like we do here on the show, I'd like to rewind, and we'll take it back to kind of where it all started. I know you're from New York. Take us through maybe the transition here to Atlanta. So um, I uh, lived in New York for the first 16 years of my life. And, um, and then uh, due to family situation, um, uh, my mom uh, and father, my mother and father split up and um, my mother um, was bipolar and she had um, a really bad episode when they split up. And as a result, I had the opportunity to move down to Florida. And my aunt and uncle were very gracious and wonderful. And they are um, definitely like parents to me. And um, I went and lived with them. So I was in the middle of high school, middle of 11th grade, very scary. I moved from New York, a very sheltered kind of environment, to North Miami, Florida. Um, school was incredibly different, didn't know anybody. Um, my cousins were wonderful. I had to share, you know, my 
poor cousin. I had to share a room with her. Um, she's like, here, here's your older cousin. So um, I did uh, help pave the road for them, I think definitely as a teenager. So that was very helpful. Um, so it was a year and a half later, I went to University of Florida, um, uh, go Gators. <laughs> um, and then um, uh, my business fraternity, we took a trip to Atlanta. And I was like, wow, I just love this city. And that was, you know, a long time ago. That was in um, back in 1988. And I said, I want to live there. So um, I had a job offer with Kmart at the time in Miami, um, graduating from college. And I said, no, I want to go to Atlanta. So I actually had the opportunity to come to Atlanta with Toys R Us. Um, So I went to their management training program and moved to Atlanta. Didn't know um, really anybody. I had an older cousin here who who was great. Um, and that was, you know, pre-internet. So it was like, how do you find a roommate? You know, I needed a car, you know, all that great stuff. Um, but I moved here and, um, been here ever since. since. Mm -hmm. That's interesting that you chose Atlanta. Um, now we, I'm going to rewind again because we kind of skipped some places in between. So you graduated from the university of Florida. Tell me how you met your husband kind of in, in that timeline. Did you guys meet at school? Uh, so I was in college at the time. He lived in New Jersey. And um, uh, so a mutual friend of ours, when I was 16, um, uh, we were friends. And at that point in time, my dad was living in New Jersey. And so my senior year of college for a uh, holiday break, I went up to uh, New York, New Jersey area. And I called him and he said that he was going skiing with a friend of his. And I was like, He's like, do you want to come? And I'm like, sure. So it was actually supposed to be um, this friend of my myself and then George, my husband, and his girlfriend. And um, his girlfriend wasn't able to come. So it ended up being the three of us. And so we had what was going to be a great time and my dad said oh you know he said you shouldn't go he said you're gonna break your leg something's gonna happen and so um needless to say the second run down the mountain i was on a stretcher with some really good looking um uh ski patrol guys uh taking me down the mountain so unfortunately um it was an embarrassing story because i wish i had some great i was on the um black you know um, diamond black diamonds i was you know going on mogul and i just fell or something great happened but instead it was very typical i was on the chairlift there were three of us i wasn't paying attention i was talking and chatting and it was time to get off and i lifted my skis um and uh you know michael and george were on uh the chairlift with me they got off the chairlift started to lift up so i don't know if anybody's ever skied and they looked back and they saw that person that's still sitting on the chair when it's moving around the other I've side seen that in movies yeah and you look and you think what an idiot you know so of course you know i was an idiot because i had just turned 21 and i didn't want to be that person on the chair and be a fool so i jumped off which was even stupider and um that did not go well for me at all so uh yes i spent the uh following hours with ski patrol spent the night there went to the doctor on the mountain and uh, did you break a bone I tore two ligaments in my knee. Oh, man. Yes. So you were off the slopes for so the rest of the I was off the, the slopes. But my husband now, at the time, he was so sweet. And I just remember being on the stretcher. And he took his scarf off. And he wrapped Aww. it around me. And he told me a joke, which I've heard. I can't tell you on the air. But I've mm-hmm. heard this joke about the mouse and the Porsche. 
I don't know how many times. So offline, I'll tell you yes, the joke. because I don't know that joke. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, then he came and he visited me, you know, down there. And then the next day, I was that person on crutches with my <laughs> leg up at the... Um, you know, sitting in front of the fireplace mm-hmm. while everybody else was sipping skiing. Sipping hot cocoa. Yes, yeah, sipping hot cocoa. Well, I do want to ask you, unless I just heard you incorrectly. So, George was dating someone at the time. He was. But his girlfriend couldn't come. His girlfriend that couldn't come. That was fate, Lisa. Yes. That was fate. It was fate. And there you go. It was a wrap. Yes. Oh, that's such a sweet story. Does he still have that scarf or do you? You know, um... We might actually still have that scarf. Oh, it's the love scarf. Yes, come to think of it. We might actually. Or I could just say that that scarf was a scarf because yes. neither one of us would really remember. Right. So, um, yeah. So he ended up, uh, we didn't start dating, obviously, at that point in time, but we kept in touch. And then um, uh, within the next year or so, like I saw him a couple of times, I'd go up there. And then one day um, I was up there about a year later for a friend's wedding. And the friend said, you are going to meet somebody at my wedding. Well, I didn't meet anybody at the wedding, but George and I did have brunch that day. Um, it's kind of our only date we really truly ever had. Wow. And um, the rest was history. He came down to visit me. I went to visit him. We got to the point where six months later, i um, going to date myself. Long distance bills got really crazy and expensive. We couldn't afford it. Um, we had a decision to make whether I was going to leave and move to New Jersey. He was going to come down or we were going to go to California because I was wanting to go to California. Oh, wow. So at that point in time, he moved down. We moved in together. Um, six months later, we were engaged. A year oh, and a half wow. later, we were married. And that was almost 30 years ago. Congratulations. Thank you. It was all fate. I it know it. It was all fate. Now, you're a mother as well. So tell us about um, the, the motherhood days and, and when you guys started your family. Yeah, so we um, got married in 1991, and um, we were together um, for several years. I had, unfortunately, I had um, um, some problems with pregnancies before my first child was born. Um, And then um, you can, that's the one thing in life you just cannot plan. You know, um, you can plan pretty much anything in your life but that. So uh, we um, had our daughter in December um, of 1997. And my husband quit his job. We bought a Volvo and started our business. Look at you. Now you say our business as in your current business. Yes. Now what is his role within your corporation? So we are partners. Okay. We are life partners. We are work partners. Um, he uh, He's president of the company, but basically he runs engineering. We're, we're a really good combination in life and in business because I have the business side and he has the engineering side. So I am not designing the machines and he is brilliant when it comes to designing the machines. And so um, along with our engineering staff and everybody else at our company, which we're very fortunate to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, uh, my kids are 21 and 22 to now mm-hmm. um, really hard to believe those motherhood years go really fast so if any of your listeners have young kids and you're thinking oh my god the days are so long they Cherish go them. by really fast I'm that old woman now telling you like I was told it goes time goes Quickly. really fast because it does so my daughter is a proud UGA grad um, good we, dogs Yes, and we had um, graduation last week, so that was really fun. Um, really glad that in we person? got to have that in person. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, she is um, out in the business world. She's, uh, she's here in Atlanta, and uh, she works for a company called Fisco, and uh, she's in advertising. 
And my son goes to University of Notre Dame. He's a collegiate swimmer there. Wow. And he's studying business. Very nice. Well, congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, swimming, that's an interesting sport to do in college. Yes. Um, Was he a swimmer throughout high school as a youngster? um, He learned to swim when he was about four. Um, thanks to the Gwinnett County um, Swim League. Wow. Um, is where he got his start in our neighborhood. Um, and uh, he definitely t- took to swimming. Um, he did lots of other sports. Um, and at the end of the day, you kind of have to make that decision. And he chose swimming. And uh, it's great. He made the um, Olympic trials when he was 16. Wow. Um, and I, that definitely helped get him, I think, on the college route of swimming. So. Very exciting. You mentioned, um, you know, your husband, George, being your partner in business and in life. Um, talk a little bit about how you guys remain so cohesive. You just said, you know, you have you, you do it well at home and you do it well at work. Is That's something that's rare, I find, to be able to manage all of those things and not be able to let one interfere with the other. Obviously, you don't want to bring work home every day, but that's your life. So how do you kind of manage and balance those things? You know, that that is um, that is a challenge and not a challenge at the same time, which I know sounds kind of crazy. But I know a lot of people say, oh, my God, I could never do that. I would just kill my spouse. Like, I hear that a lot. Um, and we share an office, too. Ooh. So, yes, we share an office and we share a bedroom. So that it's a lot, it's a lot of sharing. It's a lot of sharing. So um, I think uh, I contribute that to him, to be honest with you, because um, sometimes I can get uh, – a little abrasive I'm sure and um, he's a better communicator than I am at home um, I think I'm a good communicator or, or I try to be I, I try to work on um, improving my communication at work and I need to continue to improve my communication at, at home, home as well mm-hmm. so um, I think that it's just it's uh, there has been no transition it's interesting we got married and we lived together we combined finances we got married um, we were going to our reception and I said, do you feel any different? He's like, no, <laughs> I just think everything in life has just been very smooth transaction. Yeah. It's been very natural. Good um, for you guys. Yeah. Well, when you were running this business and you know, starting your family and take it back to when your children were infants, um, what was a, a day in the life of Lisa at that time? Because oh. your, your business was in its infancy as well. Um, so you're kind of getting that ramped up. You're ramping your family up. You still have a wonderful, beautiful head of hair. I don't know how you didn't lose it along the way. I'd be pulling mine out. What are some of the things that you kind of, some tools in your box that you use to navigate the waters at those times? Yeah. So I might have a full head of hair, which I'm very thankful for, but it probably would be grayer than it looks right now. Um, But, um, you know, the days were crazy. Um, You know, I I was very fortunate that we had our own business because, um, well, early on, I worked um, and I was in the retail profession. So I was, uh, I was in the stores and management. I told you I started mm-hmm. with Toys R Us and then I went to Macy's and went through their training program, which was a great management training program. Um, went into the buying offices, uh, was assistant buyer in Atlanta, loved it. Um, they closed the offices in Atlanta. So I had to go back to the stores. Um, did that for a while in management, wanted to get back into corporate, went to work for Upton's, which was, uh, a furniture store. Nope. No. Upton's was, uh, clothing. It was kind of like Kohl's uh-huh. it's closed. Um, so, uh, that was, uh, fortunate for us because to start our business, somebody had to be working. Um, so I was working, uh, a job shared when my daughter was born. 
Um, so I What's job shared and baby shared. What's that mean? So it means that back then you couldn't re work remote. There wasn't any right. opportunity to do that. So I went to personnel and I said, you know, I wanted to be the first person to work remotely. And they said, I'm sorry, we don't have the systems for you to do that. But we're thinking about doing a job share. Would you be interested? I said, tell me more about it. So it found out that I'd be sharing a job with somebody. Um, so basically, I'd work part of the time, they'd work part of the time. So it was like an average of 30 hours that I worked. So I came back and found somebody um, that, uh, you know, friend Wendy at the time, and she um, did the same job I did, and she was uh, getting ready to have a baby as well. So the babies were six weeks apart, and we both were in the dilemma of we didn't want to do daycare. Mm -hmm. So we came up with a proposal to share a job and then share babies. That's great. Yeah. Child so we care. didn't pay childcare, mm -hmm. and so it was like it working full time, right? Yeah. But I had twins. <gasps> And I was doing the books for the business yeah. and I was working. So I think it's just, you do what you have to do. You know, to you just it. get through each day, you do the best that you can do. Um, I was fortunate to be able to take both kids to play groups or work. Mm -hmm. And then we would talk all day long about the kid, you know, check in about the kids. So right. we'd be talking about work. So it really worked really well. And I think it was very beneficial um, for sure for the company. Oh, um, do you still keep in touch with Wendy? I do not. I Aww. do not. Yeah, I saw some pictures of the Truly, two yeah, of them. Truly, like on Facebook or something, right? Um, you know, I'm <gasps> You're not. You're gonna on, go look her I'm up now. I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> I did bump into them a couple of years ago at a swim meet, and he was all grown up. And you know, he's my baby, and the and um, my daughter was very adventurous. Um, she was mischievous, and so. <laughs> her son was not at all so she would call me and she'd be oh my god your daughter this your daughter that so you know amanda she's in the fireplace she's covered <laughs> in ashes you know she's like pulling her diapers apart she's decorated the room with stuffing oh, you goodness. know like all these things that she used to do yeah, and her daughter her son would just sit there like he just never like you know she was just inquisitive mm -hmm. right so i think um, you know, it's just interesting how kids are different, mm -hmm. you know, but they kind of learn from one another. Absolutely. Well, cheers to that um, dynamic that you worked yeah. out. That's really interesting and seemed like it worked out well. And it allowed you to leave your child with somebody that you trusted and you knew and to form a pretty intimate bond between the two children to become friends. Yes. Very cool. Yes. And, you know, and I think she was never an older child. Um, so when a second child came home, into the picture I think it was very natural and very easy right because they have to learn how to share that's yes not something and that they had born. to share from beginning <laughs> yeah. I had a double stroller before I had a second child there so you, you know you were planning ahead forward I, thinking I was forward thinking like in life yes absolutely well that's good um a pivot to use the p word that everyone uses these days about life um tell us a little bit about like your productivity obviously you have a high level of productivity and i would venture to say organization because of your responsibility within your company and then also within your household um, what are some things that you kind of use or do to stay organized and kind of level-headed um, in order to to be a top performer so uh lists are you know top top 
definitely. I have lists in my phone. I have lists on paper. I have lists in my computer. Um, I have a lot of lists and I play through things in my head in the morning. So I, I, mornings are a really critical time for me. Um, I used to like go early in the morning and work out and use that time to really, you know, think while you worked out. Um, now um, I get a lot of stuff done in the house in the morning before I get to work. So I think it's compartmentalizing because it's very difficult because especially as partners at work and at home, I understand and know what's going on and what's on his plate at work. Right. So that makes it like that much harder. Like if I know that, you know, we have deadlines that we have to meet and he's got to get those. I, I want to take that other pressure away from him and get that stuff done at home. Mm-hmm. So and I think women in general, right, are multitaskers. I think we have to do so many different things that a lot of times a man doesn't have to do if they're married. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that we've kind of we have found our roles in life and I think they've worked out well um I've also learned to kind of you know it's funny I was like this morning I was in the kitchen and I looked in the cabinet and the glasses were where the mugs were and the Tupperware was where the plates were and I'm thinking like a stranger unloaded the dishwasher yes so sometimes it is that it's a stranger emptied the dishwasher and you know and some friends of mine will say like how could he not know where things are in your kitchen and like I've said things in the past and he's like you're always moving them around well really I'm not always moving them around I probably it's been probably two years but what you kind of realize with age and time and marriage and everything is those are so little mm. that if you really like, you know what? He emptied the dishwasher. Thank you for emptying the dishwasher. It took me less than a minute to take things out and put them where they went, mm-hmm. right? But the younger me would have been like, don't you know where things go? Right. <laughs> That's a really good point because I too have, have had that train of thought. And what you just said really spoke to me as far as pretty much, you know, small potatoes. We're not going to mess with the small potatoes because they're so uh, minuscule. So it sounds like um, the mugs are where the glasses need to be. That's right. <laughs> but now they're straightened out. They're now they're they need straightened to go. out. Yes. But thank you for emptying the dishwasher, George. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned kind of meditation we were talking about earlier, and you mentioned the morning being an essential time for you. Do you do anything as far as like meditation or reading or anything in the morning to kind of kickstart your day? Yeah, gotta love YouTube, right? Even with the advertisements, you gotta love YouTube. So yoga with Cassandra is my new my new go-to because she has 15-minute yoga morning and 15-minute yoga at night. Nice. Um, and some are even 10 minutes. So they're great. They get And then you can go right into the meditation if you want to go right into the meditation. So a girlfriend of mine, we walked together, and she, um, she told me, she said that she keeps her yoga mat right by her bed, so it's a reminder. So I did the same thing. I put my yoga mat in my bedroom, mm-hmm. and um, I try to do that. I was doing it religiously in the morning and night for a while, um, and now uh, in the mornings. But I need to get back to that nighttime, too, because mm-hmm. I think it helps you sleep better, too, and it helps you kind of uh, – Compress decompress and just kind of leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. I'm a big proponent of yoga. I've never tried yoga, but um, a lot of the powerhouse ladies have incorporated that into their lives, and it's something that I might benefit from. I have a hard time sitting still and being quiet, so it's something that I should probably practice. You were um, sporting your Swanee mask when you walked in, and it was super cute. It had the logo, and I know that you have a participation in Swanee that's near and dear to your heart. Uh, Talk a little bit about your Swanee Public Arts Council. Yeah, so um, um, as we'll talk about, there's a lot of different – I have a lot of passions, and so that's kind of hard because – 
you wear a lot of, you know, you talked about wearing a lot of, a lot of masks, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. basically in life. Um, and so uh, this particular one is, I'm not an artist, uh, and I will preface with that, but I can appreciate and love art, and I appreciate it so much more than I did when I was in college, and I had to take my art appreciation class, class which yeah. I would like to take now, actually. Because you'd appreciate it, then, it. Right, yeah. I appreciate it now. So um, Suwannee is, uh, the city of Suwannee was kind of one of the... Um, uh, road warriors, the be the beginning um, folks to go after public art. You know, you see it a lot now in a lot of other cities, but we really, you know, in the infancy of it, Swanee really got behind it. And as part of their master plan for for the city and for uh, all the residents of the city got to participate in. Um, so they all said that art was important. So they formed this public arts commission and I got appointed uh, I don't even know how long I've been on it. I could be on it five years, six years. I'm not really sure. But we basically, if you ever go to Swanee Town Center mm -hmm. and you see all the public art that's out, the statues Beautiful. and different yeah. things, we um, have, uh, it's every two years now where we put out um, uh, requests for quotes to artists all over the country now because, you know, we've gotten to the point where now we're purchasing pieces mm -hmm. so they're more interested in us. And we have this great council um, group committee of people and we go through them and it's kind of like a baseball draft. It's uh -huh. really fun. Like you have your saves and uh -huh. you have your favorite piece and then somebody else has a favorite piece and you look at it and go, why? Yeah. Um, and they do the same thing for you, right? And so at the end of the day, um, we pick the pieces that are gonna be out there and then we have a, um, a favorite that's usually purchased um so we've got a great sponsorships um ability to, for people to mm -hmm. sponsor and um, be able to pay for those pieces we are also um doing capital campaign so we took a pause with covid but it's a capital campaign um to purchase the bean mm -hmm. for swanee like the big iconic piece that's going to go into the new Swanee Park. Ooh, right there in town center uh so there's going to be another park that's going to mirror town center um, that a lot of people don't know about. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been s s paused for a little bit with COVID, but it will start, you know, soon. And it's going to be a really big, beautiful park. And you can see the plans that um, if you go into City Hall. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be all kinds of great stuff there. And we want to incorporate art throughout that. And there's also a tunnel that goes from into Old Town Swanee, if you've ever been in the tunnel. And we want to add public art to that of some mm. sort. So we've got some great plans, and we just need to raise money to do it. Very cool. Now, this is just out of curiosity, and it might sure. be far left field, but you're talking about playing ball. So um, I take my dog to the button, like, baseball fields. Is that what it is? Off Button Road. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a tunnel there, a walking tunnel. And it has, like, uh, stars and planets and all kinds of stuff like kind of like space when you walk through it is oh. that anything involved with you guys or just uh, something no totally no nope, that's totally totally random ah. but we are talking about something interactive with lights or something really cool in the tunnel so, neat well yeah same concept yeah and you'll also see through swanee like um everybody who who is a developer has to come before us and it's a recommended of like a one percent donation back in public art some mm. form so they may have may put public art on their property for people to be able to enjoy oh. so if you ever like drive down the street Lawrence Swanee and yes. you see some of the art in front of businesses mm -hmm. that's all part of that program 
I like it. Well, I enjoy viewing it. I enjoy walking around the parks and seeing yeah. it. It's definitely a conversation piece. And one thing that stands out to me, I think that it was a private endeavor, but again, going along with the beautiful artwork in Swanee, is Mr. Holt Camp's building. Matthew yes. Holt Camp. Yes. So did you guys have any participation in that? So or is that his own? Suzanne served on the council with us um, for a while on our committee, um, and she's a huge advocate of the arts. And so we were um, early on, like, heard a lot about it when they were looking to do it. Mm -hmm. But no, it doesn't have anything do with us but we are getting ready to um, do a huge mural on um, that will be off Buford Highway um, that I'm looking forward to and right now they're um, reviewing artists for um, to do the work oh that's exciting and also um, the uh, police station sub police station will have a big mural on it oh that's beautiful so you have some fun things to fun things look to look at to. visually yes um, before we jump into our, our next topic I'm going to give a word from our sponsor. Uh, McCarthy Building Companies is a community-based general contractor specializing in healthcare, education, aviation, and commercial construction projects. They are committed to helping their clients achieve their short and long-term strategic goals. The McCarthy Partnership for Women believes that diverse perspectives drive better outcomes and is thrilled to support the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. Uh, I always that speaks loudly to me as well. The diverse perspectives drive better outcomes. Give me a little peek about the div the diversity um, with your company and how it kind of all correlates. Yeah, so um, I'm really excited that in the last two years we've had um, more females join our company. Um, so manufacturing, everyone's always like, when they hear that I'm in manufacturing, they're like, really? Like. They didn't even know that women were in manufacturing. There is a lot of women in manufacturing, and there's a lot of organizations out there supporting women in manufacturing, um, supporting STEM with girls early mm -hmm. on. Um, and we could talk a little bit about that um, and, in, and my involvement with that. But uh, as far as at Winton, uh, our manufacturing manager, Maureen, is a female. Uh, we had Kate join us a year ago. Um, from, she's a Georgia Tech grad, and um, she's a mechanical engineer. Wow. And um, I was just we just actually went to the 1818 to do the paint, trivia paint, oh, okay the paint sip and, and sip. paint yeah. yeah um super fun and um anyway uh one of the gentlemen um at the 1818 club when i introduced her he he was like i think he was dumbfounded that she was a female and a mechanical engineer uh -huh. you know it was like he was still processing it. As he was still here. processing it, exactly. And I think we're still at that point. We haven't pivoted yet um, in the manufacturing world, you know, but you're seeing more and more female CEOs. Mm -hmm. um, one of our customers, Chart Industries, um, they have a new uh, CEO that's a female. Um, so you're starting to see it, see it a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, cheers to those yeah. powerhouse ladies. Yeah. You mentioned STEM. Um, and that's a, a very important and fundamental part of what you do. And you also mentioned boards and, and uh, association associations. I know that you are a part of the National Association of Manufacturers and then also the Next Generation Manufacturers Women's Roundtable. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. And, you know, um, I must say um, uh, a shout out for two more females in my company because we just hired... Um, somebody to take on inventory as supervisor and she's a female as well and my office manager is a female so um we could actually qualify for a women's room now you know wow. we could uh -huh. we're a little too small for that but we could <laughs> so um 
uh, Next Gen Manufacturing is a great uh, association here. Uh, it's a nonprofit um, in the state of Georgia. There's no fee to join or anything, and they have some great manufacturing programs, including the C-Level Women's Manufacturing Group. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about mentors, I have a group of really phenomenal uh, women's CEOs in manufacturing, and they are, you know, uh, whether they're like, they're all C-suite um, and so they're great people to go to and help me. Um, one right now has been advising me on software. Another one came out to help with production and looking at our workflow. Um, so they're just a great group of very successful women that I can turn to. Um, so I'm really appreciative of Next Generation Manufacturing for that. Um, the National Association of Manufacturers, I actually sit on the board um, yeah. of directors for, um, and it is a, a hundred year old organization Um, we were supposed to have our uh, celebration this year and um, it is it has been a great learning experience for me you know I think we talked you know prior to this about continuing Mm -hmm. learning you know and I I feel like that's my mantra right is that I'm just want to keep learning and keep absorbing and I think that's the key to staying young um, is is to just keep learning, to be a lifelong learner. I was going to say yeah, it if you didn't. Yeah, uh-huh. and so, um, you know, the National Association of Manufacturers, I sit on um, uh, two committees. Um, one is on insurance, medical insurance, and one is on workforce development and education, technical mm-hmm. education. And so what I've done, you know, we talked about how do you do all this mm-hmm time-wise, you know, how do you work? How do you maintain the house? You know, your marriage, your friends, and and do things in the community. And have time for yourself. Like, how do you do that all? Well, I've kind of learned over time is that I've been involved in a lot of different things in the community, and I have so many passions. So it's really hard to hone your passions in and make a difference. So you have to figure out with your time, how can you do that? So I kind of looked at it from a strategic standpoint, like you would a company um, and creating a strategic strategic plan. So I kind of created my own strategic volunteer plan. And so with that is easy to say no to things because as an entrepreneur, as a woman, um, as a servant leader, the hardest thing in life to do is say n o no (laughs) and i think it took me 53 years to actually say the word no (laughs) Ah. yes so now um aside from the arts um basically all of my volunteerism time goes into something to do with education workforce development because i've spent time in foster care sex trafficking Um, partnership against domestic violence like so many different organizations and what I find at the end of the day is generational poverty is the underlining issue to everything and so how can I as an individual make the most difference with the limited amount of time that I have Mm -hmm. and so what I decided was through education and you know if you educate people if you enable them to get jobs that can support themselves and their families they're not going to have the next generation is not going to follow suit right you know and so um i also sit on the technical college board for the state of georgia i was appointed by governor kemp for that um very proud of our technical college system there's 22 colleges over 80 campuses amazing programs 
Um, and there's just such incredible stories there. I'm sure. Of, you know, um, kids, adults. You know, I am just constantly awed by the people who, and, you know, one of the women that you know had won uh, one of the big awards you know she was a drug addict um she she was desolate Mm -hmm. basically and then she had this opportunity through a mentor to get involved and to get her you know her ged because she didn't have a high school education and so that's one of the things that we are tasked with is adult education and helping more people get their geds Mm -hmm. and so just seeing this woman develop from working so hard to get a high school education to going back to school for to the technical college to all the adversity that she had to deal with and to face every day of her life and then to be successful and now to want to counsel other people who are addicted to drugs Mm -hmm. like that is like the best story in the whole world and it's such a great example of how do we help lift people up absolutely wow it gave me chills when you were telling that story and then what you mentioned is also the most important part that you like pay it back you pay it forward pay it back that you reach behind you reach back and you pull someone else forward with you and as you mentioned that she's continuing um to share her knowledge and continuing to press on yes that's a great example i think that that is i don't think i i think that that's something in life that everyone needs to do mm-hmm. no matter what amount of time you have even if you touch one person it's one person that you've touched absolutely we were talking before the show about you know a reading reading and podcasts and so on and so forth and what you do to kind of continue um filling your mind with all kinds of good stuff what is something that you're reading right now or recently completed or a podcast other than celebrating powerhouse women that you listen to yeah you gotta love podcasts (laughs) because it's a great um i hate cleaning I hate folding laundry. Makes it go um, by I quick. I hate doing all those things. And so I either listen to Audible or I listen to a podcast. So um, uh, thankfully to a childhood friend um, who uh, shared one of the books she was reading at her um, her book club. So often I'm reading business books or listening to business books. It's nice to take a break right, from that. Right, do something yeah, yes. pleasurable. Yes. And so um, uh, Hidden Valley Road is the name of the book uh, by Robert Koltker. And uh, it's the book that I just finished listening to. Um, and it is a true story about a family. And, uh, you know, if any of my details are incorrect, uh, you know, pardon me. But I think it was 12 children that they had. They wow. were from Colorado. Um, and it was a great story. And uh, at least six of them um, had uh, mental illness. Mm. And it was the story, uh, they were schizophrenic, and one of them was schizophrenic and bipolar. And when I first read a little bit about the book, I didn't know if I could handle it because, you know, like I told you earlier in in the story, my mom was bipolar, Mm -hmm. and I lived through that. And so I'm very sensitive, you know, to it and to, you know, memories and things like that. And um, I found the book actually very soothing, you know, and to hear about what life was like for all of the children, for the mom, for everybody. It was very real. Um, The story was really, really good. And it really gave you an insight into um, mental illness, into facilities, into the lack of facilities, Mm -hmm. into the, you know, we still face today 
um, we just don't have a good um, a good system. Yeah. We don't. Well, I wrote that down, so I'll have to check it out. Yes. The Hidden Valley Road. Um, give me just one second. We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about some fur babies. Um, but before we do, we're going to have a quick root word from cat rangers cat rangers is saving lives of cats and kittens one paw at a time they are the special forces of cat rescue and all of their felines recover in their lovely home-like center in buford while they wait to find their forever homes cat rangers is growing rapidly and is always seeking financial and volunteer support please contribute by visiting catrangers.org today Oh, we love our cat ranger buddies. Tell me about your fur babies. Do you have any animals at home? I do. I have Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is yes. his name? Snoop I Dogg love it. Is Snoopy. Um, uh, we adopted him. My daughter and I were not out to adopt a dog. We had had uh, another dog at the time. Uh, this is my third dog, um, my husband and I's third dog. This dog is a person reincarnated. It must be. Um, Everybody that knows me and knows Snoop Dogg knows all the crazy stories. I mean, this is a dog who climbs up and takes an avocado and will eat the avocado inside of the avocado, leave the pit and the, and the outside of it. I mean, he's just a crazy dog. Absolutely crazy dog. Sounds really cool. Yes. Lisa, I have enjoyed our time together today so much, and I've learned a lot from you and about your company as well. Um, do you have anything that you'd like to leave our audience with? Maybe a nugget of wisdom or some parting words? So this time went really fast. And so I didn't really get to talk about a lot of things like entrepreneurship, right? And, um, and there is a huge decline in entrepreneurship. So, um, you know, one of the things is that um, I would say if I was looking back at my younger self, um, you know, and or if I was giving wisdom to people who were thinking about starting a business, um, I'd say go for it. I'd say that, you know, don't be afraid of failing. I mean, that's the biggest thing in the world because I fail every single day. Um, uh, there is, but every time you fail, you have an opportunity to learn. Absolutely. And so you have to look at it that way. Um, you know, you have to look at, at the positive side of it. And, um, you know, there's so many resources out there and there's so many people that want to support you. And I would say, you know, I usually say go find a mentor, but I would say find multiple mentors because that's something I've learned in my life. I have business coaches and I have different mentors for different things. And I'm so grateful to all of them because they're helping in this journey that, I, that I'm undergoing. Mm -hmm. And I would say find people in your life that support you and all those people that are negative, that don't support you, get rid of them just get rid of them. You don't need them in your life. You know, I think back to people that were in my life that were very negative and I wish I would have stood up to them and just told them, hmm. you know, confronted them and say, you know, look, I really don't appreciate that, you know, and just walk away. So I say, find the people in your life that can support you and surround yourself with them because at the end of the day, love and friendship are the two most important things. I like it. Love and friendship. 
Well, I loved having you as a guest today, Lisa. Thank you very much again. And I want to remind all of our listeners out there that you can enjoy this broadcast at businessradiox.com and select the Gwinnett Studio. Check out some of the archived episodes as well. We've spoken to a lot of powerhouse ladies out there. Give us a follow on social media at Gwinnett Radio X. And please give us um, a follow or subscribe as well. Until next time, I am Amanda Pierch, and this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. Thank you.